I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... You think everybody is excited about bringing manufacturing back into Maryland or America, and we're employing people, and they're manufacturing jobs that are high-paying, and, and look at us go, yeah. and everyone's like, um, do you do cybersecurity? And you're yeah. like, eh, no, no, we're salad dressing. We make salad dressing. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, we're really happy to have as our guest, Greg Vitter. Greg is the co-founder and CEO of Tessie May Salad Dressing. Don't get bored. I'm telling you, this guy's story is unbelievable. How he got started by bringing in a Tupperware bucket of lettuce with his homemade dressing that's his mother's recipe. Yep. Old mama made dressing that was so delicious, they started making it. Now it's in Walmart. It's in Whole Foods nationwide. It's in Sam's Club. When you buy a Sam's Club salad, that's the dressing inside the package. This dude, it's an amazing success story of a product you might not think that think much about. But more important, it's about nutrition. His company is completely focused on fresh, nutritious elements and He's taking it further for food deserts in major cities. It's an amazing and inspirational conversation about a brand that you may find very, very appealing. And you'll go out and buy some. Tessie May Salad Dressing with Greg Vitter. Here's our conversation. Greg, thanks for being with us. I am happy to be here. <laughs> I like that. It's a statement. It's a firm statement of fact. All right. So 2009, what was the aha moment that you and your brothers, or perhaps a family affair, uh, said... You know, there's a need for better salad dressing. A neighbor actually broke into my house and stole the salad dressing that my mom had made for me. True story? This is a true story. So uh, every day I was playing professional lacrosse and I was selling insurance and I didn't want to do that anymore. And so I would go home for lunch and I would stand on my head and I would try and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I came home to make a salad, and this two-liter bottle of salad dressing was missing. And I called all my neighbors, and I finally tracked down uh, the culprit, and he had broken into my house, taken the salad dressing. I told him to bring it back, and then I also had this kind of weird moment where I looked back on the years and years and the tailgates and tailgates of this salad dressing, and it never got old. No one could ever make it properly. It, we used it on everything. It was the talk of the town. And I was like, I'm going to quit my job and start a salad dressing company. Wow. Yeah. So mom's original recipe. Lemon garlic. Wow. Yeah. And it goes on everything. You put it on sandwiches. You put it on everything. You dip chips, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yep. Beer. Marinade. No. Yep. Yeah. Take a shot of it. It's good <laughs> for your skin. Yeah. No, but so so just if I can stay with the story, had the neighbor broken in because it was so good and they needed it for their salad, yes. basically? Yes. Talk about a product endorsement. I know. Theft. I know. So as an entrepreneur, you did your two brothers join you right away or did you start it yourself? Yeah. So I called my wife to to test it. You know, she I hung up. Uh, okay. No, she. So I tried to start a different business a month prior and we got in a giant argument. She said it was dumb and. Okay. Uh, you know, I was chasing money and not my passion and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, I'm going to start a salad dressing company just as a, as a test. And she yeah. goes, 
that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. Really? And I said, really? I said yeah. that, I go, really? Yeah. And she goes, I just have this weird feeling like it's going to work. So then I call my mom. I'm like, hey, I'm going to take your dressing and I'm going to start a business. And I'm going to get into Whole Foods. Global. And she was like, that's never going to work. Okay. And I go, I didn't ask you if it was going to work, <laughs> but I am going to need the recipe. Yeah. So then I called my brothers and I told them the same thing. And they go, well, you know, get it started. And if it takes off, we'll help. Uh, they were still, you know, in college, graduating, doing their deal, new to the world. Uh, and so that's what I did. I just, I figured out a way to get a meeting and I walked into Whole Foods with a Tupperware container of romaine lettuce. And I told him I was a world famous food manufacturer and they had to try this dressing. And the guy looked Come at on. me. Come on. I swear. Wow. And the guy looked at me like I was on drugs. And Which might have been a better way to walk in the room. But anyway, so the guy, <laughs> and did you make a salad and, and give it for them to taste? I did. He did not eat the lettuce. He licked the dressing off. And he said I had something really special. Uh, and then he, I made him call the regional office and set me up a meeting. And so same thing. We were a little bit more formal for the next meeting. And then they gave me 200 pages of paperwork to, to fill out. because oh, for if, a vendor relationship or whatever? All yeah. of it. But, like, what's your food safety protocol? What's your HACCP plan? Give me your food manufacturing license right. and the audits. And, yeah. And so I just started Googling, what is a HACCP plan? Yeah. How do I actually become a food manufacturer? What's a certified kitchen? Yeah. And uh, I filled it all out, and then we got a shot. Uh, to do a demo at the grand opening of the new Annapolis Whole Foods, May 1st, 2009. With like a table or a booth or something? Ta in this table with the local lettuce company and me standing behind it, handing out samples. Grip and grin. Just you grin. know, uh, just yeah. smiling, telling yeah. the story. I'm a local boy. Try it, it out. Yeah, please, please. please and uh, we ended up setting a national sales record with Whole Foods. We sold about 650 bottles of that dressing in that store in five days. Wow. Um, which they had told us we were only going to need four cases for the month. So there was a lot of all-nighters hand-making salad dressing. And uh, here we are. So 650 for that store. Yep. That's the Annapolis. That's the sort of anchor store in Annapolis for Whole Foods. That was Well, that was – it just at the time was the largest on the East Coast. Really? And, yep. Who would have known? And then they expanded. They did a bunch of kind of big store tests in Ohio, uh, which are, you know, four times the size. There's a giant uh, Whole Foods in Fair Lakes, Virginia, um, and they don't make them that big anymore. We're talking with Greg Vetter here on What's Working in Washington. He is the co-founder and CEO of Tessie Mays, perhaps you know it, with a fascinating origin story about this dressing. How many brands does Tessie Mays now make? So we've got... Probably 20 different varieties of dressing, whether it's refrigerated dressings or shelf-stable dressings. All bottled? All bottled. We have dips as well. Uh -huh. We have one-and-a-half-ounce packets that go into all of the Sam's Club salads. Yep. So we make all of the salads for Sam's Club in North America. So if you go into a Sam's Club and you buy a chicken Caesar salad for your family of you know, they come basically for a family of four. Yep. You're going to see Tessie Mae Caesar dressing in there. And that is all operated out of our plant in California. Fabulous. Yes. So if I may ask some granular questions that perhaps will be a little impertinent. So revenues on day one, when you started, were like seven bucks. What would be the size of the company now? 
Uh, multiply that by a lot. Okay, all done. <laughs> You're still a private company. We have a lot of investors, but we are private. And are those investors, were they originally friends of the family? Did you take venture capital, professional investors, all the above? Uh, really, it's been a mix of friends and family. Uh, I guess our first kind of professional investor was Kevin Plank from Under Armour's home office, Sagamore Ventures. Uh, they gave us $5 bucks, And then we've had, uh, you know, some, as we've grown, we've had larger and larger groups kind of start putting money in in groups but we have not officially gone in that you know private equity world or or venture world so the groups would be more like home of uh, family offices and yes. stuff professional you know, investors yeah. high net worth investors yes. who that Kevin I'm sure has a Rolodex of a few of those last time I checked yes yeah that's amazing what an amazing story yeah now it, it also uh I guess it's fair to say that you're also kind of a brand that represents freshness um uh uh, trying to cure food deserts. I mean, yep. you, you have a foundation that has a larger sort of uh, aspirational goal of nutrition and stuff like that. Yes. Has that been always a core element of your of your entity? Well, I think nutrition always has. I mean, we, uh, we invented clean manufacturing. Uh, the quality of the product was really, really important. Nobody was making salad dressing without thickening agents and preservatives. Agar. Yeah, <laughs> citric acid, natural flavors, quote yeah. unquote. Quote unquote, yeah. And um, and so we just we knew we if we were gonna succeed, we had to make it the way that people loved it. And so what that meant was we had to start our own manufacturing plant. We basically had to invent a new process to make salad dressing without thickening agents. That took a lot of kind of interesting. Uh, ingenuity, I guess you could say, or industriousness. And in doing that, I think we assumed that people would pick up on that and it wasn't going to be special and just no one's figured it out or they don't care. Either one, uh, we stand by our manufacturing plants and our processes and our people and how we make it. But Whole Foods must care. I mean, your 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 partners must must care, right? I think that they do. I think it's a really interesting selling point. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they also carry stuff that that does have agar in it. That, that has all the weird that stuff. The quote air quotes natural flavorings that we love come to love <laughs> come to know and love. Well, before we, we before we step away for a second, once again, we're talking with Greg Vetter. He's the founder, co-founder, and CEO of Tessie May Salad Dressing. How do you make salad dressing shelf stable without a lot of bad crap in it? It's all about pH. What is that? It, so, pH balance? Like like yeah. acid? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it's so all about, I'm going to use that at a cocktail party where somebody <laughs> say about the world peace. You know, it's all about pH. Well, it's true. Okay. Health's about pH. Yeah. You know, shelf-stable dressing's about pH. Everything. Everything. You know, you got yeah. the right pH levels. You're, you're all good. You're getting it done. Yeah. No, but seriously, I mean, is that, that balancing that is absolutely crucial to your salad dressing remaining? I mean, what's what, what does shelf-stable mean to your products? It means it can sit on a shelf unrefrigerated. So we have for a, how how long? Uh, year until you open it. Okay. Right. Wow. So it's amazing. You have a we have a refrigerated dressing line still, yeah. which is the original formulas, and then Walmart came to us and said, "Hey, we were doing this uh, massive company, you know, conference, and it was about disruptive brands, and you were the case study, and so they basically said." You know, everybody go out and find the Tessie Mays of refrigerated dressing for your categories. And so the shelf-stable buyer called us and said, well, why don't you just make shelf-stable dressing? And I said, well, we don't know how to do that. 
And they said, well, why don't you figure it out? And so then our uh, – <laughs> They said, why don't you figure it yeah. out? They had no other – okay, that's not really helpful, but okay. <laughs> and so then our head of product development, uh, Chef Kristen Tatami, you know, we called her and we said, hey, we're going to – we're going to make uh, shelf-stable dressing right now. And she, you know, goes through her normal creative process, which is give us the middle finger and tell us it's not going to happen. Oh, and then, chefs. And then, Always act and like And then that. the next day, she was like, I think I figured it out. Christian Tatami is her name? Yeah, Christian Tatami. Uh, outside of my children and wife, the other love of my life. She's been with us forever. Well said. Yeah. Well, um, so brands that represent freshness and sort of um, – Iliamasinary or aspirational kind of helping uh, society get better include mm-hmm. names like Paul Newman and Seth Goldman and stuff like that. Yep. It seems like your firm is really in in the line of that kind of behavior. Yes, we could be. I mean, I guess everything's just about interpretation. I yeah. think I think we stand for uh, a lot. We yeah. be- we believe in doing the right things right. Uh, we don't cut corners, and you know we try and lead by example. And so if we can then in that process build the brand and get new consumers into it and show them that eating healthy can all taste better than everything else anyway, I think we can begin to, you know, solve problems, which whether it's obesity or whether it's, you know, a lack of fresh food in these areas known as food deserts, uh, you know, one at a time. Greg is the co-founder and CEO of Tesame's, a salad dressing based here in the DMV. A fascinating story of growth. When we come back here on What's Working in Washington, Greg and I are going to talk about nutrition, which he just teed up. What does that mean? How has our nation and our world become unnutritious in what they consume, and how can we turn it around? That and more after this. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. We're psyched to be joined again here with Greg Better. Greg is the co-founder and CEO of Tessie Mays Salad Dressing. And I guess many other entities like crop circles and stuff like that. And we'll talk about in just a second. But Greg, thanks for joining us today. Still happy to be here. Still. I like that consistency of pleasure for the attendance at this conversation. But the origin story is incredible. And we talked at the end of our, uh, the the last part of our conversation about nutrition and the dedication nutrition that really from sort of like, I guess, day one, when your mother first started making this stuff, it was always part of it. Freshness, nutrition, nutritious ingredients and stuff like that. And it seems like nutrition is an afterthought for so much of large farming, shelf-stable products that are bad for you. And I'll start with a quick side story and then ask for your opinion. A buddy of mine was the uh, product manager for Kraft Macaroni and Cheese at one point. And, uh, and I asked him, how do you look yourself in the mirror when you're selling that stuff that's like spackle, right? right. It is. It's like spackle. And he said, Mark, it's, it's pasta. It's really nutritious. I said, so that's the stuff they inject in your brain at General Foods to make you think you're actually helping people because it's really not. Well, it's probably while better. you're on a jet. Yeah, right, right. While you're in the <laughs> G5. It's nutritious. Yeah, well said. But this collision of, of big versus nutritious, farm to table versus, you know, supply chains that are, that are global and all that. Yeah. You guys are right in the middle of that. What kind of temptation do you and your colleagues, your brothers, et cetera, 
where's the temptation in ramping up um, production, chasing profits, and maybe abandoning the core elements of nutrition that you come from? Well, we don't have any of that. Congratulations. But I can't can't speak for some of our investors. It's it's a mindset, right? And I think when you see people doing things the hardest possible way you can do it and the most expensive possible way you can do it, you know, it's very tempting for people or they try to just say, hey, you know, if we just did this, we could double the amount of money we have. If you did this, we could cut our largest ingredient cost in half. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of these experts employ other experts that are retired executives from these big groups, and they have a very specific way of doing things for success. And we don't do it that way. And so you have to be a very, very stubborn, strong-willed human being to kind of stand there in the middle of the storm, just getting punched in the face on a daily basis, uh, to continue to do the things the way that you do them. And so for us, it just goes back to uh, we work backwards from the product. And the minute we compromise that product is the minute that all of it's over. Because, yeah, you will make more money within a small period of time. But you could use the Schlitz beer example. You know, it was the most popular beer at the time. Uh, and then they changed all the ingredients for profits, and now it's nothing. I didn't know that about Schlitz. Yes. Wow, what a what a what a classic example of the economics you're talking about. Yep. So, what are some of the features, if I may get a little granular? Is it? I mean, do you use glass bottles for your product? So we use glass bottles for the refrigerated dressings. Yep. Uh, we also have basically a very eco-friendly recycled plastic BPA-free for shelf-stable. Okay. Uh, and, you know, all of those things are really interesting in terms of what is actually better for you and the environment. You know, people like to take a very specific approach to that. But I think if you dig a little deeper on all of these different subjects, you'll see – answers that you otherwise probably wouldn't find if you just kind of listened or read the headlines. Yeah. Uh, And so for us, it's more what's in the bottle. And so we use organic expeller pressed sunflower oil. We use real organic lemon juice. We use real organic garlic that we're physically, you know, pressing or chopping or dicing to whatever we're using. Wow. And just other people aren't doing that. You know, other people are using dehydrated garlic and citric acid and natural flavors and Agar. And, <laughs> and xanthan gum and xanthan, all that's right. Xanthan. I love and, that. And, and all of these kind of bizarre ingredients and the, and the profits are much better than probably uh, one of a, a Tessie Mays caliber of product. But we're trying to we're trying to play the velocity game while uh, getting new households and growing because people are trying something that is far superior to anything else in the marketplace and actually stands for something. Right. There's trust in the food and we can back it all up, uh, I guess, with honor. So I mentioned earlier Seth Goldman, who it seems like and it's always a a real dance, I would argue, that you may have in your future 
where he sold a portion of his company to Coca-Cola. Yep. And still maintained, or it is asserted, that he has maintained the freshness, the nutrition, the uh, the elements in honesty that he started with and all that. So this dance of being owned, I guess, I think a majority of, uh, maybe 40%, but it's a significant ownership stake by a global giant in high-margin sugar water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's maintained that. Do you see a day when you might find a partner like that? Unfair question, but what the hell? I, I don't know the answer to that because I think – do I think there's a an opportunity for us to be acquired? Yes, I do. Would I do it if they're going to compromise the product? No, I wouldn't. Got it. And so I think that is the real question, which is, you know, the, and, and honestly, there's a recent trend of a lot of these big strategics are just allowing these independent brands that are special to just continue Keep to do their it. thing, yeah. right? Why mess it up? Whereas before it was, we're buying you to fit into this system. Yeah. Right. So we're taking this brand and we're we're applying the label on something else that already exists. Well, there's also a portion I would argue that if they kept your product exactly as as it is today, they could probably increase profits because of their distribution system and some other systems that have nothing to do with what I eat. T- totally. Agree. But they can they can increase margin with some of that, which maybe that's kind of the relationship that. Seth, at the end of the day, Seth is probably enjoying as well. But let's let's get back to the label of this show right here. What's working in Washington? Yeah. So the DMV. You're from the area. You went to college in Washington College, down there, the bucolic Washington College on the Eastern Shore. <laughs> What's your sense of this region? How has it been good for you starting a business? Elements of the taxation, other kinds of support, legal support. What's that experience been like? It has been interesting. Uh, we aha uh-huh. <laughs> never. It's not not a hundred percent positive. Well, I think nothing it's one, is. Well, I think it's one of these things where there's not that many food manufacturing startups in this area. Got it. Real estate is really expensive. The workforce is basically, I don't want to say taken, but Amazon currently, you know, takes a lot of yeah. the hourly workforce and so then that obviously uh, it's good for them because they're they're making better rates and insurance and all the other stuff than than uh, some of the smaller brands but it, it's been kind of an interesting thing where you you think everybody is excited about bringing manufacturing back into Maryland or America and we're employing people and they're manufacturing jobs that are high paying and sounds great. And look at us go. Yeah. And everyone's like, um, do you do cybersecurity? And you're yeah. like, uh, no, no, we're salad dressing. We make salad dressing. They're like, yeah. what about a vineyard? Are you guys a vineyard? <laughs> no, it guys, I'm, it's salad dressing. And they're like, Hmm. Yeah. We're not really interested. Okay. And so it's just one of those things where, well, how, how have you plowed through that? What, what are, what are some, well, what are some just, walls you've, you've driven through? You just don't – I think so often there's this misconception that people are just waiting to help. And yeah. all you got to do is just – Ask. Hey, look yeah. at me. You know, come on, help me. Give me money. And it's one of those things where if you just kind of plow forward and you don't look for help, you're going you're gonna to get it done. Well, let's talk a little bit about the foundation and some of the larger elements of you and your family's commitment to nutrition and, and quality ingredients. We mentioned food deserts. Yep. In our time remaining, Greg, tell us what food desert means to you. What are some things that you and the foundation are doing about that? 
Yeah, well, it's uh, there are areas that don't have access to fresh food. And so when you look at cities, you know, like Baltimore, D.C., there's these giant chunks that don't have access to grocery stores or restaurants that are actually selling fresh food, which is insane to think about. Yep. And so what we initially were trying to do was we were trying to partner with people, you know, to kind of put a platform together, like let's end food deserts. And everybody likes to talk about it and nobody likes to do anything. Yep. And so what we said, well, we're just going to go do it, right? We're going to reach out to a bunch of produce partners that we know. We're going to go into our first one ever was in Compton. And we go, we're going to go into Compton. We're going to bring in produce. We're going to have this community event. We're going to bring in all of the community groups and leaders of the community and nonprofits. And then we are going to bring in chefs and celebrities and we're going to make, you know, eating clean, fresh, healthy food, not only accessible, we're going to give them bags of groceries and we're going to do some cooking classes, make it cool. And we're going to make it cool. Right. And again, we just did it and it worked and it was really cool. And so we go, all right, well, let's do this in more cities. And so we started doing them. Uh, We did it in um, Englewood in uh, Chicago. And then we went into Baltimore and um, and then basically, you know, COVID happened and everything got locked down. And so we haven't really done much. Well, we didn't touch on COVID because I didn't want you to get depressed and I didn't want to get depressed because <laughs> your story is so motivational. But we ask our guests here on What's Working in Washington, Greg Vetter, to take a moment if they were the king of the world or queen of the world, depending on gender, uh, if they had a magic wand that could it can start something and make it happen or end something that bothers them, what would those one or two things be? Well, I think I would probably solve the clarity surrounding nutrition. Yep. Right. And I would just go right into the nutritional component because I think so much of today's problems and it doesn't matter what they are, they're all just kind of coming back to uh, a lack of nutrition, nutrient density, health, and all of that affecting every other aspect of our lives Right. Whether it's uh, preschool nutrition to that alone, it's amazing what the impact that it can have. Well, and it's just everything. Right. And just think about yourself. Right. If you just go and just slam uh, two cups of sugar water right now, like you are going to have the highest high and the lowest low and you are going to feel horrible. And that's what we give our kids every single day. Right. So I would probably solve uh, this whole nutritional component because it shouldn't actually even be a thing. Yeah. Right. Well, you've combined a positive and a negative that you would solve it. You would stop selling sugar water that brings high and low and you would increase nutrition. There you go. So your answer is a combo. Way to go. I'm all about combos. Greg Vetter, founder, co-founder and CEO of Tessie Mays Salad Dressing, is our guest today on What's Working in Washington. Greg, thank you for being with us. It was a pleasure. Now, before we leave, where can our listeners find your product? All of the major uh, food retailers, Whole Foods, Harris Teeter, Fresh Market, Safeway, Giant. I am drooling just thinking about it. Walmart, Sam's Club for salads, you know. Done. All over the place. All right. We are going to go have a salad right now with that dressing on it. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.